This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving members and protecting their health for 76 years. Learn about our Tennessee roots at FBHP.com. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith and the retired one, Brett Kern. Welcome to the Bet MGM studio. It's beautiful. Congratulations on what was a good day overall. Are you pleased with how the speech went? I am. Uh, I, w I wasn't really sure how I was going to go. Uh, I practiced it multiple times, took my time writing it out um, to try to get 15 years of uh, memories, thoughts, emotions, you know, kind of on a, you know, a condensed uh, speech was pretty tough. But um, yeah, I thought it went pretty well. Uh, I know there's probably plenty of people that I wasn't able to thank. Um, and so that kind of bothers me a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm just, just blessed for the opportunity. I think, you know, you would have asked me 15, 16 years ago uh, about this day and I, I would have probably laughed at you. And, you know, I think at that time I was hoping to maybe play over in NFL Europe, right? <laughs> Until they disbanded, uh, disbanded the league. <laughs> so I kind of changed my plans a little bit. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm just, uh, it's been a really good day. Really good day. The fact that you were even thinking that playing in NFL Europe was a possibility shows how long your career has been. Yeah. You've really been around for a long time. When you started writing that speech, it had to have been like 10, 15 pages, right? Like. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, I kind of I did like a, a, a side list of, uh -huh. I just wanted to make sure that I was writing down people that came to mind, you know, um, kind of over the weeks uh, and really months where I've kind of felt like you know, I was just leading up to this day. Um, and so <clears throat> had a list and it just kind of took a little bit of time to develop. And, and uh, I never, I mean, I never got like above a B in English. So my writing skills and all that stuff's not the best, but thankfully my wife is very uh, good with like proofreading and she can just help articulate a lot better than I can. So it was teamwork, uh, but uh, you know, over time just kind of weeded it down um, to where I felt like it was, uh, you know, a good speech. Being able to, just have the opportunity to process all those memories. I know when you're going through the flows of football season and kind of the cadence that seems like almost like a wheel that never really ends, you know, because mm -hmm. the off season just leads into training camp, which leads into the season. Um, being able to take that time to really reflect, is that the first time that you've done that in your career to really stop and think about everything that you have experienced in its totality? Yeah, I'd probably say the last month or two has probably been that for me um, <clears throat> you know the moment you you kind of sit back and you kind of enjoy what you think you've done um, like you know making a Pro Bowl right and you kind of sit back on it and enjoy it you can't you can't really do that um, because you know that there's always going to be somebody else that they want to bring in you might think it's competition it might not be but it's still somebody else right and so uh, the moment you kind of sit back relax and enjoy what you've quote unquote done, right, is the moment that that's when the league, you know, snake bites you, right? Um, so for the longest time, I just kind of kept my head down, grinding, grinding, regardless of what happened. Uh, if it was a great season, you know, so, so, see, it didn't really matter to me. I just needed to keep moving on and, and pressing forward. And so uh, when I knew, you know, that I was done and I wanted to, to do this, um, you know, just kind of thinking about what, what memories, what stories I really want to put in there, because there's so many. Uh, and there's some that would take me you know, three, four pages just to share a story, right? And so what are the ones that are quick, you know, one sentence, two sentences that you could share that are funny and things that I remember? Um, 
And so, uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty I could easily put in there, but um, there's, there's just so many you accumulate over the, over the years. But I think the last month or two has been really good time of just reflection and actually being able to kind of just sit back and breathe uh, and not have the stress of even off-season stuff, you know, OTAs and all that kind of stuff. And so just sit back, relax, and just kind of enjoy everything. It's been, it's been really fun. How many Rob Baronis stories could you have told? Plenty, <laughs> plenty. Yeah, there do you was. Remember, let me stop for just a second. Do you remember when you came in here in 2009? Yeah. What your reaction was to meeting him for the first time? Yeah, because I know he was not far off of that record, <clears throat> that game where it was like eight for eight or, or something yeah. crazy like that, right? And uh, so I know, like, man, this. I know this guy. He's a stud. Um, but he, I mean, he got right to it. I mean, it was. I remember that first practice where. Uh, Kenny Amato threw a snap back and I had the ball down and he was already telling me before he even kicked it there's too much lean laces aren't <laughs> right and so he was he was telling me what I was doing wrong before he even kicked it right and I remember thinking just I mean Matt Prater when I was in Denver was particular and how he wanted it and all that stuff and most are right uh, but Rob took it to a, a, a new level and because of that I mean I owe a lot to him because with that it, it really helped me understand uh, holding uh, in so much more detail and uh, so I kind of, you know, laugh about it now. And, and uh, there's, plenty of, <laughs> there's plenty of Rob stories that I have. Um, and so it's, it's just crazy to think, um, you know, you're going on nine years uh, this fall. And, uh, and now to see his son, London, over at BA, Brentwood Academy, uh, yeah, I think he's one of the top kickers in the whole country. And so to see him, uh, you know, following in his, in his dad's footsteps. And I always, you know, I tell him, like, you're not your dad. You're you're London, right? You have the abilities of your dad, if not better, potentially, but, um, you know, be, be yourself, make a name for yourself. So, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of Rob stories for sure. <laughs> You've held for so many different kickers over the years. Who was the most particular? Oh, like, it's Rob. Was it really? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's what got me so detailed in on, on holding, right? And so it's, it's kind of crazy when, um, you know, when Ryan came, you know, I kind of told him about, stuff and he I mean he was pretty particular so there wasn't really um you know I felt like we just picked up pretty quickly and we we're able to get right off to a, a really good start and and obviously the career that he had here but then a lot of times when you got the younger guys coming in um you know and I'm explaining the holding and all that stuff and their eyes are just like I'm like you're the, you're the kicker right um but I'm here to, to to help you as best that I can and this is what I've learned and hopefully this will help you um just to be that much better with the little details and doing your job. So, um, yeah, it's Rob. Rob was definitely yeah, he was he was really particular. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a very detail-oriented guy, anyway. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. almost extremely detail-oriented. I know that you would chart all of your punts. Yeah. You had, I mean, you had your speech down to the second today, timed yeah. out. You you just are very detailed and specific and into that sort of thing. How are you going to channel that now when you don't have punts to chart and stats to maintain? And yeah, what I'm, happens I'm to a, your spreadsheets? Yeah, I'm kind of well. Uh, I, I mean, I can make spreadsheets on anything <laughs> if I decide to. So um, you know, I mean, my daughter's in cross country, right? And so I made a spreadsheet on her her meets and her times, and to see if she was making improvements over the years. And then when she went uh, the following year, just kind of comparing her times to. I mean, you can make one about anything you want, and um, but I will be relieved, you know, not doing the football stuff as much because sometimes 
you know, you'd have great days and you're absolutely loving charting those, right? And watching the film and think this is a great day. And then there's other days where I wasn't my best, right? And you have to watch the film and you have to see what you can do to get better. And typing in, because I'm a perfectionist, and it's probably my worst, it's my best quality, but probably my worst quality, being my own worst, own worst critic. And so, you know, to have to type in those numbers, right? I mean, it, it was tough, you know, just having to do that. And, and um, but yeah, there's always, there's always time for a spreadsheet. I'm, I'm, I'll find stuff. I, I mean, you know, I'll find something to, to spreadsheet on. Was there a moment <laughs> in your career where you became Brett Kern? And what I mean by that is you had to battle to get in the league. You had to battle. You had to keep fighting. And then you got here, and you're not having to fight to keep your job anymore. Suddenly, you're one of the best guys in the league. So I'll repeat the question. Was there a moment football-wise, personally, otherwise, where you became Brett Kern? Uh, I mean, I, I could go back and look at games where I felt like um, – I felt like all the work that I'd put in to be really consistent directionally, it just paid off. And it was like, okay, I don't know if there's necessarily a moment where it just like clicked, uh, but I know he talked about, um, you know, getting cut, coming here in my first game against Jacksonville. And I remember putting, I think two out of the four or something like that, like out of bounds and they were good punts. And I remember thinking, okay, yep, I can, I can do this here, right? And so just kind of building off that. And there were, there were moments um, you know, I was just kind of battling to be as consistent as I could possibly be. And then I think, you know, in 2014, when uh, Nate Katzer took over and we did that box drill and it was just every day I'm setting up these cones, setting them up and I'm trying to put it in this box, in this box. And it just became muscle memory. And um, I remember that year having a pretty good year, directional punting and same thing with 15. Uh, I had a lot of cracks at it. Those, those were there's some rough years. Yes. Uh, I think yeah. it was 88 punts back to back years. Um, but then uh, from that point on, I just felt like, you know, um, this is what I am. If I want to stay in this league and if I want to be the best, like I have to be really good at this particular type of punt and just kept grinding, just kept working at it, working at it. And finally to kind of have it pay off in um, 17 with the Pro Bowl season, uh, then it was just, okay, yep, got it. Just keep rolling, you know and see how many we can stack and, and see what this becomes. It would be crazy to ask the majority of punters or players about how many times from the first time they ever punted a football until the last time you punted a football, you think in terms of numbers there were punts in between. But you're a charter. You're, you're a guy who makes graphs. What would you guess? How many times that you have actually punted a football in your life? Um, easily 50,000. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. That's a much higher number than I was expecting. Yeah, if you're talking from high school. I'm talking all the way through. High school, high school I, I way overdid it. Uh, college, I did the same thing. Because you're young, right? <laughs> right. You don't get sore. You don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I did the rough math, you know, and I talked about that in the speech. Like, it's probably about 35,000 here. And then you're talking you know, probably another 15 to 20. But you had developed your routine to the point where you knew for certain months of the year in terms of training, you shouldn't punt. That's right, yeah. Was it hard to let go when you've been this fanatical, I'm going to kick it, I'm going to kick it, to say, no, I've got to back off? As far as during the off season? Yes. Or, uh, no, because the season, 
training camp, the season, you know, that just, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah. Uh, and at some point your leg, um, you know, it's like a pitcher, right? You know, just doing the same motion over and over and over and over again. And at some point your body's just like, give me a break for a second, you know, let me breathe. And then you just pick right back up and do it again. And you do it so many times that there's, you know, there's the muscle memory. Um, and so over time you feel like, you know what, uh, we're done in whenever it is uh, in the season, make a playoff run. And then if I don't even, there's been times where I've shown up here, uh, you know, in April and I'd yet to even touch a football. Um, and then you kind of, you work into it, right? And, and I was okay doing that, so. That routine, that cadence, is that something that you're going to have to maybe switch off a little bit or find something else to uh, replace? Maybe I feel like I could find other things to, to kind of do it. But in that sense, it's, uh, you know, you get to a point where your body's just kind of like, I'm good, you know? Um, I'm content not kicking a football again. Um, and so, but there, uh, yeah, there's other things I'll find, you know, kind of a rhythm to do and consistency to do. Um, Cause that, I mean, that's just, you know, I was never like a big technique guy or anything like that. It was just, if this felt good and it looked good, you know, how can I duplicate that over and over again? You know, it's funny, you listen to some guys, like Tom Brady, yeah. who says he's retired, came out with a statement today, says he's- Still retired. He's still retired, but there's this little opening in everything he says. I don't know that there's going to be a Brett Kern controversy. No, there's not. It doesn't feel like it. It nope. doesn't feel like it. No. No, I think just because, uh, you know, my time in Philly, you know, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate that they called and gave me an opportunity to finish out the season there and experience, you know, that playoff run and, you know, to win the NFC Championship game and, you know, to go to the Super Bowl. and um, But to be apart from my family uh, for those three months, right? And they came. I mean, they came. They came to games, all that stuff. But just the – the day in, the day out, the things that you're used to and accustomed to with my family, um, you know, to be apart from that, uh, I, just, I just don't want to do that anywhere else. Well, and you had worked so hard to get ready for 2022. Did the I whole did. diet thing? I did everything, yeah. yeah. I did everything, yeah. I mean, I, you I gave it everything you around, had. Yeah. Um, you know, was seeing people outside the building a little bit more uh, just to get my body ready. And I felt great. I felt like uh, it was a good offseason, had a good training camp. Uh, good preseason and um, you know the business is the business right I mean you know how, you've seen a lot of it sure. you know how it works uh, and that's just the way it is and so I, I felt like I put forth so much of that effort that I wasn't just gonna just be done right let me at least give this season um, to kind of see what happens and so I kind of had one foot in the door one foot out the door um, but now both feet are out the door so <laughs> no controversy no controversy so uh, yeah it's, uh, it's a great place to be in must feel really nice to have that peace of mind and that confidence in the decision that you've made. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I feel very at peace. Uh, I've had plenty of conversations with my wife and uh, even with the kids a little bit. And um, yeah, very at peace. Have you thought about trying broadcasting? Are you, are you thinking about maybe? Nobody, nobody can take the great Mike Keith's job. No, no, I'm not saying there are other jobs. There are other jobs. That's true. Yeah. Have I don't know. I haven't, uh, I've just kind of taken the time to just decompress um, so you haven't given much thought to it? No. No? You want to read a commercial to see how you can do? I mean, I, as long as I can read it. Okay, there you go. Just read that one right here. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. See how you do this, No, hold on. This, this feels like a trick. It's, it's not, not a, trick. a trick. It's not a trick. This is foolish, Mike outsourcing. The Foolish Club. Club. Foolish Club, Napa Valley, Father's Day, 2023 podcast script. This is for That's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a joke. All right. I would read it, but you're going to read it. 
And the people who run the Foolish Club will be more happy that Brett Kern reads it and Miss Amy will be more happy that you read it. So let's sell Father's Day right now. Let's see how you do. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. All right. Here we go. Are you ready to score big this Father's Day? Yes. Celebrate your dad with the perfect gift from the Foolish Club, the official wine club of the Tennessee Titans. Yes. Give an exclusive Father's Day gift package, including customizable 3D wooden card, premium Napa Valley wines, and a Titans Fire branded keepsake wooden crate. For a limited time, get 10% off your Father's Day gift with the promo code DAD10 at foolishclub.com. DAD10. The Foolish Club, the perfect Father's Day gift for the ultimate Titans fan. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. I think you can do this. It's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can, and you did it in. And I can do these around golf. You can do these around golf. I mean, you you're going to hand me another anything. one, aren't you? But yeah, do this one. This I'll is Mike you... outsourcing. Hang on, his job. do this. One. That's what they'll this love is. it. And see, it's in bigger font too, which see, is I great. like this better. Yeah. yeah. Oh, breaking news! All right, breaking news. Yep, we have some breaking news that you Titans fans are going to want to hear. Yes, it's official. SeatGeek is now the official Titans partner of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, ticketing partner. See, that's where I get tripped up. That's sometimes. okay. I'll, you want me to start over? No, no, you're okay. doing great. That's right. The deal is finalized, and SeatGeek is the newest member of the Titans family. If you hadn't heard the name yet, get used to it because you'll be hearing it a lot more this season. Whether you're buying or selling tickets to Titans games or to any other live event in Nashville, SeatGeek is the place to do it. SeatGeek, the new official ticketing partner of the Tennessee Titans, so Titans fans can fan. That was great. SeatGeek is tough. That's a tongue twister. SeatGeek is tricky. That's really well done. I'm surprised somebody hasn't reached out to you yet. Somebody will. Mm -hmm. Well, now they know I'm retired, so... There you go. One more cool thing I want to talk about today that I don't want to leave out. You go out on the football field after you do your press conference, mm-hmm. and they take you over to the area, the what do we call it, the media patio? Media porch. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's very it is. Nice. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, you see a video go up. Yeah. And it was a really well-done video by a lot of people who took a lot of time to make it happen. Kind of tell the OT people, what that video was of and what it meant to you? Uh, well, first of all, it meant a, a lot to me. Um, obviously, I know the, the, the time and the effort that they put into it to make it, uh, all the splicing, all that stuff. Um, it took a lot of time, a lot of effort to reach out to a lot of former teammates, uh, coaches, uh, some of our really, really good family friends. Um, yeah, it meant a lot because uh, of the time and the effort put into it by everybody that did it, right? Um, extremely special. So to kind of see all of that uh, and the things they had to say, uh, the encouragement, uh, the compliments. Um, yeah. And then to finish it off with, you know, my, my kids and my wife saying something. Um, yeah, it was really special. Who was the most surprising person in the video to you? I mean, Dustin Colquitt's little uh, shenanigans, those, those <laughs> that's Dustin, right? I mean, that's, uh, you know, there's certain guys that you play against and you know that like the pregame and postgame conversation are going to be pretty entertaining. So guys like Dustin, Pat McAfee, those kind of guys, right? Um, you're in for a, a good conversation right before and after a game, even during the game, honestly, halftime. Uh, so Dustin's was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, to see Coach Lowry on there and, uh, you know, Rob's brothers uh, was really special too. So there was um, a lot of really, really great teammates, a lot of really, really good friends uh, that participated in that. And uh, I'm glad that uh, it was sent to me and that I'll always have it. 
there is a historical nature to your retirement based on your statistics. We could talk about that alone uh, to what you meant to so many people in this community because of the way you dove in and you're staying, but also because you're the last guy that can go from Jeff Fisher yeah. to Mike Vrabel. And that's an interesting, I don't know what the word is. It's just an interesting perspective that you have. You played for Bud Adams. Yeah. You played when Tommy Smith was running the team. Yeah. You, you played when Miss Amy became the owner. Mm-hmm. You know, you had Alan Lowry all the way forward to Craig Ackerman. Yeah. Um, it's almost, is that, is that almost mind-blowing in a way? Uh, I would say that if you were to ask, like, your best, greatest, best accomplishment, whatever you want to call it, um, honestly, playing for that many coaches and the GMs. GMs, yeah. Uh, that's probably the biggest one because every time there's a coaching change or a GM change, you're out to get your job again, right? Um, it's not like – I know some guys, you know, I was talking to Thomas Morstead, right, who played for the Saints forever – he only had Sean Payton, right? And so being able to, to have that relationship where, you know, you get a new coach, you go from Coach Fisher to Coach Munchak. Well, I kind of know Munch, right? Because he was on the staff, right? But then he says, okay. But then you bring in a totally new guy, Coach Wisenhunt. And then with that comes a new GM. It's just, um, there's always a lot of change, a lot of transition, a lot of roster turnover. And to kind of be able to grind through all that with the coaches and the GMs, uh, that's something, <laughs> something I'm probably the most proud of. And being able to stay in one city to experience all of that, yeah. one place with your family here. I mean, we've all watched your kids grow up around this yeah. field. Um, you've been able to share so many awesome opportunities with them and so many memories. Uh, being able to have them here today to experience kind of the closing of this chapter, that's got to be awesome. Yeah, I mean, like uh, like I said, you know, Bryce was six weeks old when I got here. And, uh, you know, now he's being asked to work training camp this year, right? Now he's running camera for <laughs> now. he's right back now. here, yeah. you know, with a headset and the camera crew out, right? So, uh, you know, both my girls born here. Um, yeah, it's pretty special. And I see why a lot of guys that play here, or, I mean, there's guys that haven't even played with the Titans that are moving here, right, or staying here. Um, it's such a great community, great place to live, great place to raise a family. Uh, this is home. This is, um, you know, this is where we've been for the last 14 years, right? So um, this is where I want to be. This is the organization that is nearest and dearest to me. Uh, and there's a ton of people in this building that I love and respect. And, um, and so it uh, just feels appropriate to, to do this here and the timing of it. And uh, I'm just very thankful. You did not dwell on the punt against New England in the playoff game, which ended it. You, you never did at the time. Yeah. But it certainly it is appropriate to talk about it now because in many ways, it feels like the moment that best defines your career. Mm-hmm. From the standpoint that it's 25 seconds to go in the game. Number one job there is got to get the punt off. Yeah. That's, the, that's the number one job. Not only do you do that, but you put it in a place that nobody can catch it, and it bounds down, is down at the one-yard line. So it's a 58-yard punt, 58 gross, 58 net, inside not only the 20, but in the five. It takes 10 seconds off the clock, and it is the complete dagger through the heart at that moment. Even if Logan Ryan doesn't intercept that pass, right. 
Tom Brady ain't scoring right there. Right. So for your career, if that's the moment that they constantly roll over out of a thousand punts and the holds and the fake kicks and everything, if that's the the moment that they roll, are you good with that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm good without it. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm blessed just to be able to say I played this long, right? Sure. Uh, and that was a moment. And the funny, <laughs> the funny part was, is uh, you know, I think PFF gave it like the worst punt of the week in the playoffs, right? Because mm-hmm. it didn't have hang time. It was right down the middle of the field, right? Everything, you know, uh, that they judged their punts on, it was not what they mm-hmm. thought was good, right? But in the situation, uh, you know, it was a nine-man rush, but you only got eight to to protect. So it's me versus. Slater, who's, you know, one of the best special teams player to ever, 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 ever to, to do it. And so it was, it was a one-on-one. Can I, can I get the ball off fast enough? Right. And it all, I mean, it starts with, you know, bow snap, perfect, bam, bam, we're out. Right. And so, um, and so I, I've worked on those situations before. Like, how can you get a punt? Cause you want it on the ground to waste time. Right. Cause the moment it stops the official, you don't know when the official is going to blow it dead. So if you can get it on the ground quicker and just kind of rolling forward to keep that ball momentum, and it's different, grass compared to turf, right? And so you kind of fool around with it, but you also know, like, hey, this is a possibility that this could happen, right? And you understand what New England does situationally, so you knew that, hey, this is the game. This, this might be it. And um, so I just got it over the line, got it out quick. It was rolling. I said, that's an ugly punt, but that's exactly what I wanted. And Dane obviously did a great job, Crookshank, of – just being right there and there was enough time for him it rolled long enough which is what you want for him to be able to get down there and get a 10 second football play with 25 seconds left on the clock right because if you in that situation too if you just punt it out of bounds right right well for me I hit those piss missiles right so you're looking at snap to hold with the kick and by the time I hit a maybe a four second hang time man it hits out of bounds with a second and a half you're looking at five and a half seconds Right, compared to that's 10, another 11, play, 12, right? And that's another play. Might be two plays, depending right. on what you do. So, uh, yeah, that was, um, and I thought like that ended it. Tom's done. Like, and then obviously he went to Tampa Bay and won. <laughs> well, <laughs> the Super Bowl, but it ended it. He was it ended ended in he New was England. Over in New England. The I, Dynasty I guess, New England was. I mean, over. I saw you hit more beautiful punts than that. Absolutely. You had a seventy-nine yard punt, but when I talk about being the best situational punter in the game. Mm-hmm. And I talked about Craig Hendrick was that before you, and then we got to see you. It's not necessarily kicking the ball the furthest right. or, or even having the greatest net. Sometimes a 25-yard punt is incredibly effective in a certain situation. Right. Just like when you're nine and three-quarters yards deep in the back of the end zone taking a snap, sometimes just getting it out of there right. and getting a fair catch is the best possible result. That's that's what the job is. It's right. not just kicking it as far as you can. No, I mean it's. Um, I mean I think back to the the uh, the cold game, right? The zero degree game. The balls are going nowhere. Right. It's a rock, right? And who's back there for Kansas City? Tyree Kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. When Tyree Kill was back, trying to house every single punt. Mm-hmm. Well, what did what did what did Coach Hoffman ask me to do? Hey, hit an end over end punt. I'll, all I want is it to go 35 yards, and let's keep them. Let's keep that net right around 35, and we'll be just fine. Four punts. I think I averaged 36, netted 35, got a game ball out of it, and did what you're supposed to do. Won right? a game. Helped win a game, yep. right? And so 
Uh, did the average take a, a hit? Absolutely. Did the net take a hit? Absolutely. But we won the game. And so I did what I was asked to do. And even, you know, I remember playing Washington. Uh, I think it was a Saturday game, Christmas Eve or something like that. You know, there's 15 seconds left, right? What do we call? Foul ball. What does that mean? Got to get out of bounds, right? Got to hit it out of bounds. And that's what, that's what I was asked to do, and I did it. And that's just kind of what I felt like um, if you ask me to do something, I want to be able to, to deliver it for you. Of all the thousands of punts that you have punted throughout your career, how many of them do you actually remember? Like, how many of them oh, do you question. have stories attached to like that? Uh, I could probably go through and easily give you 80% of them. Wow. wow. Seriously? Yeah, 70, 80%. Whoa. Oh, yeah. That's and there's, game, there's definitely games, especially ones where I felt like I had, uh, you know, really, really good games. You know, 2012 at Houston, right? We were backed up probably six out of the eight punts, right? And I remember putting five of them almost out of bounds, out of bounds. Almost. I mean, there's just, there's stuff that, you can remember because a lot of times I'm going through film. Uh, you know, anytime we play at a certain place, I'd want to go through and look at the film and just say, all right, you, you look at the weather report. What's it going to be? This is what I did here in such and such year, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I remember a good amount of them. Wow. How are you not going to coach kicking? I might. I was going to say, because it sounds like know. your I mean, love for it yeah. from the coaches that you've gotten yeah. And from the process of doing the job, I mean, let's face it, you meet a lot of punters and they're just like, yeah, I just go out and kick it and do what I'm asked to do. Right. And, I mean, and that's great. And everybody has different approaches, but your approach is so systematic. It yeah. feels like it's a part of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you've been, been doing it for a long time and just learned. I've had to learn a lot on my own and how um, – to analyze film kind of on my own and what works for me, right? I don't, I'm not a big, uh, you know, if a coach tells me, hey, this is how you got to do it, right? It's, it's more like, okay, I need to feel it, right? I feel the rhythm. I, I, feel, I see what a good punt looks like, right? Now, how can I duplicate that? And it's just me just um, repping it out and figuring it out on my own, right? So, I mean, I, I, I get text messages. I just got a text from uh, Brian, uh, he's a punter in Nebraska, right? Just reached out and said, hey, can you look at some of my tape? Sure, man, send it, shoot me a text. Let me look at it and see how I can help, right? Um, so I love doing that kind of stuff and um, you know, any way I can help out, especially locally with high school kids and, and whatnot. So we'll see, um, you know, I know the camp life, all that kind of, that's, that's kind of a grind, right? Um, but uh, I don't know, I've talked to Coach Auk just kind of about you know, ideas as far as just really helping the kids that are coming out of college to prepare them for, because college to rookie year is, um, it's tough, right? And, um, and so just trying to help those kids that are coming up, coming out, just how to evaluate talent too, because there's, I mean, there's kids all over the place that are good at punting footballs. And if you can punt, you can punt. If you can kick it through the yellow things, right? No matter if you go to Alabama or you go to, um, you know, a tech school in upper Michigan, right? Like you can kick, you can kick, you can punt, you can punt. So being able to find those kids to be able to give them a chance to fulfill their dream is uh, something pretty cool too. You got one more good question? Because we need to let him go. Oh, we do have to let him yeah, go. Okay, do you have one more good time. question? You I'm just asking. Commercial. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to give you one more good. Oh, you want to read it? No, you got it. Okay. You're Mike Keith. Hey there, Titans fans. Don't really sound like it right now. Hey there, Titans fans. It's hard to decide what's the best part of the Duncan run. 
Is it the coffee or the $1 classic donut or the $2 classic bagel minis that are stuffed or $3 sausage, egg, and cheese that you can add to that coffee or the fact that you leave to go get the coffee, you get to leave the office? The answer is, of course, yes. Time for a Dunkin' Run. Great deals on food for $1, 2 or $3 with a medium or larger coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. All right, I've got one more. Okay. Do you have one more? Yeah, I've got one more. Okay. You want to ask first or you want me? I want you to ask first. Okay. You said something in the press conference today. I want to pull that thread. You said thank you to Amy Adams Strunk mm -hmm. for the amount of money that she has spent on, in, I think you used the word infrastructure, of the, of the entire organization. We're sitting in it right now. We're sitting mm -hmm. in it in the Bed MGM studio. Right. But from your standpoint, from when you came to today, what do you think is the most important area or areas where she has invested dollars to give this organization the ability to move forward and win championships? Uh, obviously, I think it starts, you know, your training room and uh, your weight room. Um, those, those places are pretty important, right? Locker room, creating an environment, a locker room where guys want to hang out and be together. Uh, your meal room. Right where guys are sharing meals, uh, those are some those some really important spots. But then I, I just look at just everybody in general, right? Um, you know, the players are the guys on Sundays that everybody's watching. But there's so many guys um, uh, behind the scenes that are doing so much. And so even just to go back today and see the new equipment room, right, uh, with Joey and the guys, and um, it's just little things that. You wouldn't think would really mean much, but if it allows everybody to do their job uh, in a way that helps this team win games, um, you know, and she's done that. I feel like she's invested in every area, um, you know, through this whole organization. And so uh, it's, you know, you, guys talk, right? Uh, you know, guys talk about facilities. They talk about all kinds of things, right? And so, you know, to be able to say like, hey man, Titans, they got a good spot, right? Uh, you know, when I, when I was in Denver, he talked about what Denver had. When I was in Philly, he talked about what Philly had. And so... And it was comparable? Yeah, I think every organization is... It just kind of depends on what the owner right. wants to invest in, right? What they feel is important to them, um, what they're willing to spend their dollars on. Uh, and so every, you know, every organization's different, right? And so uh, even being to other places and... Um, you know, when I went to Indy for a workout, Arizona for a workout, and even we were out in the Super Bowl out in Arizona, being able to go to the Cardinals facility, you know, guys just, you see what, what the owner is, what's important to them. And obviously you can tell if you just walk around this building, you know it's important to, to Miss Amy. Uh, it's, it's pretty evident. When guys retire, you always hear them say, I'm going to miss the camaraderie. I'm going to yeah. miss the guys in the locker room. Specialists are even more tight yeah. it is a very different unit mm -hmm. um y'all spend a ton of time together yeah how is that going to change is that the thing you're going to miss the most oh for sure yeah uh just the camaraderie around the building um teammates uh you know the equipment guys op staff i hang out with i mean there's just you know a lot of guys that i just enjoy being around and um so, yeah, I mean, I'll always, you know, it was great for Bo to come in, you know, from KC and, and to come hang out and, you know, he's staying with us. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, being able to 
see Ryan, you know, you know, we don't live that far from each other anyways as it is now, but, um, you know, being able to play golf and, and obviously, you know, still talking with Morgan a bunch, um, just seeing how he's doing here and, and uh, yeah, just keeping in touch with the guys. And I, went, I mean, I was over to KB's house, you know, Saturday with, for a little grill out and he was absolutely crushing it on the green egg with some chicken wings. So, uh, and all our kids were in the pool swimming. And, um, and so it's just a matter of, uh, just staying in touch with the guys and, you know, being able to do things, whether it's golfing or barbecue and, and just hang out and, um, you know, just talking. Yeah, Derek Morgan was over there. Sat. We were all just hanging out, talking, you know, shooting the breeze, shooting the memories. And, um, and so that's – but to have that every day is something you'll miss. But, um, you know, I'm just glad that I have those friendships. Derek Henry came to his announcement today. He did. How about that? Yeah. A lot of your teammates, former teammates, people who just worked in the building, and it, it says more about you as a person than a player. And that's more important anyway. Yeah. I hope you're proud of that because you, yeah. you earned that with how you treat people. And you've done that very well since the first day you got here. And so to see you get to do this today with your kids and your wife, this is happy. Yeah. And this, all this does is this signals the next part of life, which is going to be even better for you, Brett Kern. It will. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I appreciate these last 15 years. Uh, I've learned a lot from it through, you know, the mountaintop moments, uh, through the valleys that have you, you feel like you're crawling through sludge, right, and hoping that you get to another mountaintop moment. And um, met a lot of really good people along the way uh, that have impacted my life. Um, and I'm just, I'm just extremely thankful. I really like trying to put everything into words, like in that speech today, uh, of like my gratitude and my thankfulness, it felt almost impossible. Right. And I know I still came up short with expressing that, uh, I did the best that I could. I felt <laughs> you did, but, um, yeah, it's just, um, to just kind of sit back and peel back the layers and, you know, to be one of the 1% of the one percenters uh, and kind of defy, you know, not being invited to the combine. I, I didn't have any workouts. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, um, man, it's been a huge blessing. Pretty awesome. good. Just awesome. That's all I can say. Well, I Thank you. It. Thank you. Hey, you. You've got a seat with us. You can do this. That's right. Well, you could join the official Titans podcast anytime. I would I'd love to do that. Stop out during training camp. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come hang with us. Come Talk hang with ball. us. Bring the new camera guy with us. Yeah, he's excited. <laughs> yeah. Because he knows what the food's about here, too. I know. That's uh, it. So that's there's, what there's, there's, of, there's nothing wrong with that. He, being, knows, yeah. he knows the snacks. He, I mean, he knows. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's grown up. He knows grown what's up. up. He knows what's up. <laughs> for Brett Kern and Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thank you for listening to the OTP.